Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Hear again these words from our gospel this morning. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. There's an old Scottish proverb that talks about the devil and his ways with us and sin, and that the devil tells us two lies. The first lie that the devil tells us is that no one will ever see our sin, so go ahead and do it. And the second lie that the devil tells is after we have sinned, is that no one can ever forgive us for what we have done. As we look at David this morning and continue in Psalm 51, David has been in both of the places that we have just heard in that gospel selection. David has been in the darkness, has been in a place where he hid from the light, where his sin was over him and he didn't want it exposed until Nathan the prophet came to him, told him the story that he could relate to and said, you are the man. And then David came back into the light by God's grace, drawn back to see what he had done, drawn in his lament and what he had done and asking for forgiveness to come back and let his deeds be exposed before God, to fall in repentance and to ask for God's forgiveness. Now I said several weeks ago, as I look at this psalm, as I think about the consequences and the events that are taking place in David's life after Nathan came, I believe that David wrote this psalm over the period of seven days that he spent in lament before the Lord asking for the life of his child to be spared. He was in sackcloth and ashes, prostrate before the Lord, begging the Lord to have mercy on him. He was heartsick over his sin, heartsick over the child that lay dying. But most of all, David was heartsick over the broken relationship between him and his God. And today in the psalm, as we have moved from his lament, as we have moved to the point where David is saying, these are the consequences of my sin, as we have moved from David asking the Lord not to leave him alone, but to rescue him, David has come to the place of return. What does it look like for one who is broken by sin to return to God? Psalm 116 says the following, What shall I give to the Lord for all his kindness to me? That is the place where David is this morning. What do I give back to the Lord for his forgiveness? What do I give back to the Lord for knowing that he has had mercy on me? What do I give back to the Lord? How can I ever repay him? Let's look this morning then at that verse, the verse that we focus on, 
this morning and say it together. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Leave that up. Then. It's a word, therefore. It's a word that David is saying, on account, God, of all you have done for me, on account of your mercy, on account of your staying with me, of covering my sin, of wiping out all my iniquity, here, Lord, is what I can do back in gratitude and in love. He uses the word, I will teach transgressors your way. That word transgressor, transgressor means one who rebels. You see, David understands that. He starts out his psalm that way. He is one who rebelled against God's love, against God's law. He rebelled, and what it means is, I'll do whatever I want to do in life. And that was David in his sin. You know, sometimes people seek to return to God with a rebellious heart. There was a man who went to a friend of his to seek out a loan from him. A loan, he had no collateral. He didn't want any interest on the loan when he asked his friend if he could have it. He thought, you know, the closeness of our friendship should just be enough that you would grant me this loan. And the friend looked at him. He said, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. But John, he said, we're close. I've known you since I was a child. I helped you get through school. I rescued you from drowning once. I convinced my cousin to marry your brother. How can you say that we're not close enough? And he looked at him and he said, I, I agree, all the things you say you have done. But he said, what have you done for me lately? Some people approach God that way. All the things that God has done in their lives, the forgiveness, the love, and the mercy, and yet re come to God in return with an attitude of, but God, what have you done for me lately? David isn't coming like one that way. David is coming in what we would call contrition and remorse. David is approaching God in a way that when he talks to transgressors, when he comes to people who have sinned, when he comes on those who have rebelled, David doesn't want to have an attitude of superiority. David wants to have an attitude of association with them. Someone who can understand their sin, where they have come from, that rebellion, and can understand the need for God's mercy. David has learned four things in his lament, four things that he will teach those he will come upon. First is that David has learned the evil and the pain of sin. The depth of what that has meant. How it has hurt his relationships, not only with those in the human race, but how it has so hurt his relationship with God. David understands the consequences of sin. They are before him. They will ever be before him. He will never forget the loss of a child. He will always remember what he has done, how it damaged his credibility as a ruler, how there will always be, and as you look through the Psalms, enemies, as David said, who reproach him, who continue to bring up the past, even though God has forgiven it. David has learned what repentance means, not just sorrow over what he's done in his lament, 
but turning away from his sin, going and pushing it behind him and moving forward in the grace of God. And finally, David has learned that God does forgive, that there is grace to cover our transgressions, our rebellion against God. David knows that there is mercy and love given and the power that that has had on his life. A man got up in the middle of the night because the phone rang and somewhat groggy, he picked up the phone and answered it. And on the other end of the line, he heard, Daddy? And he said, yes. Daddy, she said, I'm, I'm pregnant. He didn't know exactly what to do in that moment. Groggy, not sure, he reached out to his daughter on the other end of the phone and said, well, let's, let's pray about this. He prayed a prayer of forgiveness for her and acceptance and love over her and then hung up. The next day, he and his wife wrote a series of letters to their daughter, letters of counsel and of love, and they sent them off to her to let her know that they loved her very deeply and how much they cared about her. About three days later, they got a phone call from their daughter. She was somewhat upset and a little much unsure. She said, Dad, I didn't call you in the middle of the night. I'm not pregnant. It was somebody else. It had been a wrong number. But they wondered what their effect might have had on that person. Their effect of letting somebody know that there was grace and forgiveness from God. In fact, their own daughter said the most, one of the most important things that she had in life were those letters that her parents had sent to her by mistake. Letters that talked about how they were sinful and that this sin was no greater than theirs. How they loved her, how they forgave her, how they wanted to reach out to her. The power of grace in her life forever would shape her and mold her. And they prayed that that wrong number, that grace might shape and mold the person also who had heard it. Romans 2.4 says this, It is the Lord's kindness that leads us to repentance. David understood the power of God's forgiveness, the power of what it means to draw us back to our God, to be covered by Him, to return and be forgiven, as the prophet Joel says. There is power in that forgiveness. And David says that when he teaches transgressors that sinners will turn back, he has pure confidence in what God has said, in God's word, in God's way, and in God's forgiveness. It isn't something that he wonders about. He knows. As Paul says in Romans, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. David will teach others what God has done in his life. How powerful that lesson of association is. To be able to say to someone, I've been in your shoes. I know what it feels like. I understand your pain. I understand your longing. Now hear the truth of God's love and God's mercy in your lives. You know, I think that's something that we try to understand and we try to encourage one another here 
in the family of God at St. John's, as we ask people to go out and to tell others about Jesus and his wonders that he's done, well, maybe we don't have the depth in our lives of David's sin, but we certainly have the depth of God's forgiveness in our lives. That we assume that when we talk to people around us, we will teach transgressors God's ways, how God has worked in our life, how we have been forgiven, how the grace of God covers our life every day that we live, how we live and move and have our being in that grace and forgiveness, to reach out to those around us, to tell them what it means to be a follower of the one who died on the cross for us. This is the grace and the love that we live in. This is the commission that we have been given to teach others about the counsel of God, all of it, that there is sin, there is evil, there are consequences, there is suffering because of sin, but oh, there is grace and forgiveness and covering and restoration so that we may return to our God again and again, confident in what he's done for us. Confident in his forgiveness and love. Confident that he accepts us into the family. And confident that we will be with him forever. This is David's turning point in his psalm. What has been done by God is sure. The forgiveness has been won for him. And he will teach others of what God has done so that they too may return. We pray with me? Lord Jesus, as you were lifted on the cross so that all who look to you would find forgiveness, so we have come once again to come and to see where our forgiveness was won at such a price. As we have journeyed through these days of Lent, Lord, we hear again and again of your suffering and all that you gave up for us. Lord, all you did is so that we could return to you when you have covered us with your grace. May we go from this place always, knowing that grace, assured of that grace, confident in that grace. And may we tell others, by association, by knowing what happens in life and our own sin, so that we may give them your word of grace, that they also may return. All of this we ask in your name. Amen.